Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. Details are on there somewhere as well. If you want to do an EFT for them, we're going to send it over. So you guys are welcome to, to make use of that. Frank, you can bring that table, and then I'm going to ask Brother David to just, just come forward and share whatever you feel on your heart. Thanks again. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Holy Ghost. Thanks, sir. Luis, quiero el agua. Eso. Gracias. See if I don't turn it over, I might not put the lid on. So, y'all good? <clears throat> so, a few months ago, I was in this church. Uh, that's all I do is this. This is it. The only thing that changes is the language and the color of the people. But it's all the same. <laughs> okay, so I'm in this church, right? And uh, I'm... Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm approachable. I'm touchable. I make sure that I'm not um, off course on that. I try to be uh, normal. It's 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 really hard. I'm I'm sorry to you, but it's hard to be normal. Uh, apologize. So. Um, how it went was, there was this little boy, about nine years old, come over, ten maybe. He, he, was, he was just standing watching me, and everything I did, he was doing it exactly. So I started getting more animated, right? And he went with me, and so we went, we went animated all over the place, big old place. I mean, I went all over, and this little boy was just shadowing me. I don't know who he was. Right? And so I get back over by my wife. I said, so who's this little kid? She said, I, I don't know, Dave. I said, well, help me find out. And about that, that's about when these, these parents show up. And uh, so I said, so is this your kid? Yep, that's our kid. I said, well, what's his deal? I said, of course, not every kid will do that, and most of them are afraid of me. Uh, they said, well, he's not. Uh, said, uh, two years ago you were here. Uh, he'd have been like seven, maybe, or eight. Uh, and then when they reminded me of who he was, I remembered the kid. Because they... they the, the time before I, when I was there, they brought this kid up in a wheelchair, and it's, it was more like a, it wasn't exactly a wheelchair. It was, you know, them walker things that they put babies in? It was, it was more like that. I don't know the real name for that thing. And so, but the kid was bent all up. He was, his hands, his, they were frozen. 
and he, and he was drooling, and his legs was twisted, and all this stuff. And so I'm the guy that walks around you. I know you notice. I look I look at everybody in the face. I, I try to find my enemy. I'm I'm a confronter. I'm a face-to-face confronter individual. I like my job. So I found this kid, and he was all twisted up and and just bent. His legs were just way around and bent and everything. And so I unbuckled him out of his deal, got him up, was holding him like Grandpa was supposed to do. And I just walked around on the building and some of the elders that were there and other pastors, they touched him with me, and we just, we just, I just walked around with him. Went back and set him back down in his thing, and the parents buckled him back in. Nothing changed. It didn't look like. And about three or four days later, the family hears a wild kid, and they went up. To his room, and the dude is bouncing all on the bed, jumping up and down, completely here. Completely here. And so, what they thought was a great idea was to uh, let me figure it out again. Because I don't let stuff alone. I, I, I know there's a reason for stuff, and I, I usually pursue it to figure it out. And so, <laughs> he was the same little kid that was all bent up, y'all. You should have seen him healed. And he just, his eyes, he was just, he was happy to be able to walk. And he, he when I found out, man, I went over there, I said, dude, what did it feel like? He said, you're right, you're right. I said, I got that figured out, but what are you talking about? He said, that glowing man came. And he came in my room and he touched me. <laughs> and he, and he, my legs and arms unfolded and I could walk and I was, and I've been happy to walk ever since. I said, Doggone it. Is that why you wanted to come around me and worship God with me? He said, yes, sir. Thank you for letting me. I said, well, I'm a good grandpa. That's what we do. Uh, but the boy was totally healed. And, and the people, uh, the mom and dad were Mennonites. God healed that little boy. And it was really, he's still healed. It's nice. So... I share that with y'all. <laughs> I like that, man. I like that. I like having. I like having the ability to do that. I like. I like when God lets me notice stuff, and I like having the courage to pull people out of them chairs and hold them. And I like it when God straightens them out. I like that a lot. Yep. <clears throat> Now, I've decided, since y'all put up with my aggression in the early morning session, well, most of you, I noticed some of you bailed, but, but since you, the ones of you that stayed, I'm going to get you. 
I've done with my aggression. Now it's time to offload some gifts and callings and powers. And so, and I can't do it, but I can definitely lead the horse to the trough. Whether you drink or not ain't my problem. (laughs) And I speak horse, and horses don't like to drink unless they want to. Okay, so, and that's you. You're the same way. Okay, so I want to tell you a saying my granddaughter, uh, she she one day, she really was frustrated. And she came and told me and her mamma, my wife, she says, you know what? You can put your boots in the oven, but it don't make them a biscuit. Did you hear what I just said to you? (laughs) Now, I need you to hear me. Uh, You might have the right temperature. You might have the right location. You might have a lot of things right. But if you ain't got the right mixture, you just ain't a biscuit. Now, Dad, tell me, let's become biscuits. Let's get ourselves cooked up. Okay, so, uh, all right. <laughs> all right. So, I have three things to do, and uh, I might not get them done, because I'm an old grandpa, and we don't like step late. So... I used to, I remember when I was a kid, I, younger, in my 30s, 20s, and that, I uh, felt obligated to sit around and tell everybody how awesome I was in God. And I just don't do that anymore. i got to get ready for tomorrow. So this is what I want to do. I want, because I'm confident that some of you are going to get blessed in here. Uh, this new thing that has touched me is real. Uh, it's deep and it's powerful. Um, I haven't spoken a whole lot about it. I'm not going to have to. It's going to do its own thing. So, so I'll tell you what. Let's do. No, I'll tell you what. Let's do. Ponga la la señora con la gallina. Por favor. He's going to put a picture. Oh shoot! Uh, the woman with the chicken. Sorry, man. <laughs> okay, all right. Now, look, that's that's my son Jody in the background. He's got he's taken over the whole work and everything. All right, look. Um, now, this ain't much. To, you're not. You may not get much out of this, but you might. I did. So I'm standing up there. You see me with my. You see, I'm dressed just like I am now. This is the same. I'm in a village. There's probably probably 1,500 people there, maybe more, probably was. And they were so happy I came. They killed a couple of hogs, and uh, boy, it was a great time, big fiesta. And we ate, I ate so much. Oh, that was the best pork. Gosh, I ate absolutely as much as I could. Oh, I didn't eat any beans or rice. I just ate meat. I'm talking about as much as I could. 
I feel, when I, was, when I was messing with that old lady, I, I couldn't hardly breathe. I hate so much. <laughs> now, I know that y'all believe that stuff will kill you, but I believe Jesus is king, so we're, we're, we differ. <laughs> okay, so, and I'm healthy and you're not, so live with it. So, <laughs> so I want to tell you about this lady. This lady right here is 100 years old. You see her stooped over there, and they don't lose the darkness of their hair till they're about 100. And they, she's got all of her teeth. They don't lose their teeth or their vision till they get around between 95 and 100 and things start waning for them. But she's, she is one of the best human beings uh, she was in this area where we are. It was called Sultan Komatlan. Um, uh, she was the number one persecutor because she was an idol-worshipping human being. And she didn't like it because I didn't worship idols. I still don't. <laughs> and so I, I was nice now. And uh, so... You really please tell Miss Hogan I was nice. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to be, but that's that's enough about that. Okay, so <laughs> so I just got through eating and, and we're fixing to start the, this deal and fires coming and it's going to be awesome and I'm so full I don't even know if I can do the fire thing. It's such a blessing. They love us. We love them back. End of story. Okay. But then I'm sitting there, and it's this old lady right here, she's 100, right? And so she came. She got a, I watched her get up and get her old chicken. And here she come. It took her like, I told, I told my son, it's going to take a year for her to get up here. <laughs> here she comes. You know, to her, she's running, and to us, she's not even moving. <laughs> and... uh and she got that chicken with her. And she comes straight up there to me. You see me praying for her and everything because I've been knowing her my whole life. Because uh, when she started this persecution against us, that, that's the ones God picks is the leaders of the persecution. And so she, she was really good at that persecution. Because uh, she was in her early 60s. Uh, I think she might have been in 58 or something. Uh, and because uh, she's 100 there. And she's been with me a long time. So, about 40 something years. So, so uh, the Holy Ghost put it on them, man. I mean, He shut down their power and gave us energy and. Uh, so, she comes up there with that chicken. I said, what do you want me to do with that chicken? You want me to pray for your chickens? Or, I mean, what are you doing? She said, no. No, David. She said, you got to take my chicken. And I said, I don't want your chicken. What I want your chicken for? And, uh. And I know y'all are the lovely people. 
bless you, praise the Lord, baby, that kind of stuff. Well, I'm not. She needs that chicken more than I need. That's just how it rolls out. She said, now, you know I was the persecutor and hated you so much. I said, I got that sorted out. I remember that. She said, well, when I got saved, they did to me what I did to you. They persecuted me the same way. I couldn't even go to the market and buy food. They wouldn't even sell it to me. I couldn't wash my clothes in the river because they wouldn't allow me because I got myself born again. They wouldn't let my kids and grandkids go to school because I got born again. I said, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm I'm glad because that's what you did to us. I'm grateful, I'm grateful you had to pay for your sins. And I hope it was harsh on you. She said, it was harsh. And you know, I know y'all don't live in honesty, but I do. And, and if it comes up in my mind, most of the time I say it. Not always, I do hold some back. <laughs> and so... So it was really, really awesome conversating, right? And she said, now, I need you to take this chicken. I said, I'm not taking that chicken. I said, what's this, your last chicken? And you checking out? What's going on? She said, yeah, it's my last chicken. I don't need any more chickens. I said, well, why don't you need any more chickens? She said, well... I lived through the persecution just like you did. And now there's no one in my family or in my village. Everybody's saved. Yeah. Isn't that something? What a problem, you know. (laughs) She said, I can't walk to another village. I said, I see you can't walk. Lord, it took you forever to get up here with that chicken. And she says, she says to me, look, I know you don't need this chicken. I said, you're right. I'd rather you sell it and y'all have the money. Because you, you don't know, that old, that old skinny chicken she's got there is about a two and a half days wage where I live. One chicken. Hear me? I know things is tough on you, but there's places it's tough as well. When you got one chicken, it's two and a half days ways, something's wrong. Okay? All right. So, uh, she said, listen to me, Brother David, you're going to take this chicken. I said, now, now listen to me now. She said, I'm not listening to you. I'm a hundred years old and I'm done living. Now you got to take my chicken so I can check out of here. I said, "What do you want me to do with this chicken? Uh, you want me to fatten it up and do something special with it?" She said, "Nope." She said, "I don't care what you do with it. Put it in the soup." She said, "I know you feed about three hundred people a day, and I do." Uh, she said, "I know you do." So. Uh, put just chunk my chicken in there, and there'll be more broth. 
I said, all right, I'll take you dumb old chicken. But I, I need you to understand how awesome that is. I said, now, now why is it so important to you? She said, because you came here 45 years ago, and you wouldn't say no. You, you wouldn't take no for an answer. You, you, you told us Jesus is king, and we wouldn't believe, but you stayed looking at us and telling us until we did believe. And now all of my people are saved, my whole village is saved, and I need to move on. I said, I thoroughly agree with you. <laughs> so I'll take that chicken and you can check out. This is important because this is one of the greatest events in my life because that lady stayed with me her whole life. And we had no kind of relationship. We didn't have, but she was in all the services. She saw all the power. She saw all the miracles. She, she, she converted her entire family and her entire village got saved. And she said, I got to go. I said, I give you permission. And you, you, it's important to understand her. One of her last acts was getting rid of her only worldly possession. One old chicken. That, that's important, y'all. There's stuff we can learn from them Aztec engines. You hear me? But we put stock in that jump we got. I don't agree. I'm telling you. I got junk, man. I got junk in all the countries in the world just about. Damn it, there's so much stuff. You got to keep up with all that stuff, but it's it's. I don't see. Uh, I don't put my attention on it. That lady, she's a true servant and a true disciple, because that was her only possession. Was one old chicken. Now. We need to reassess. Hear me? I need, because I need, we need the fire of God. I mean, you ought to have seen the services that lady was in with us. She just, she just gets so full of the Holy Ghost, just dance for hours. Nobody's dancing but her. She didn't care. She's just happy her people are saved. It's important. I want you to show you that lady and that chicken. Because there ain't very many people who will talk to you about that. But I will. Because the value is the souls, not the chicken. Hear me? And it's not even our friendship, even though it's, to me, a great value. I'll do anything for her. Anything. She don't want nothing. She just wants to feel the presence of God. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome to me. Y'all don't know it. Uh, every day when I go out in them villages, every, every single day that I go out there now, I've lived long enough and stayed true to the calling long enough that somebody walks up to me, somebody, and they say to me, 
thank you for the gospel. I got saved 40, 50 years ago. I got, I got saved, my whole family saved. We're on fire for God and ain't none of us sick. We love Jesus. That, that happens to me. Yeah. That, that, that's every day when I go out in the village. I have to listen to a story. Isn't that something? I lived long enough. I, I didn't, I, I've never been around people that lived long enough and were healthy. But I know what it, what it is to live long enough now. So let's do a, if it's okay, we'll do a couple of verses and then there's one more picture if that's all right. Let's just go to this place that's Psalm 51. It's another one, one of the chapters of the plan. And I, if you will, this plan I got from God. He, he wasn't very forthcoming about giving it to me, but I stayed long enough. I guess he got tired of me calling on him, and he just gave me this plan. And it's really awesome, and it works. So let's read this here, uh, chapter 51 of Psalms, please. It says, Have mercy on me, O God. Say that out of your own mouth. Have mercy on me, O God. Say it again. According to your steadfast love. Now, I need you to call on it. Steadfast love. I need you to see me. I need heaven's touch. In Jesus' name. I need help. I need healing. I need to be delivered. I need to be fresh. I need to be clean. According to the multitude of your tender mercy and loving kindness, I call on tender mercy and loving kindness. Come to me in Jesus' name. Blot out my transgressions, O God. Say it right out of your mouth. See, see, one of the reasons that God's allowing us to be successful is because I pray the Word of God every day of my life. Y'all don't know it, but I listen to a hundred plus chapters in the Bible every day of my life. I get up in the morning, as soon as my feet hit the ground, the first thing I do is turn on my Bible so I can hear it. Doesn't matter if I'm in my bedroom. It doesn't matter if I'm in our prayer center, my office. Nothing matters. What matters is the Word of God is because where does faith come from? Hearing. Where does hearing come from? The Word of God. Everybody says to me, "How'd you build up your faith?" And I just look at them. You don't know that answer, really? It's because I'm a Word of God person. Like my wife, y'all met her this morning, or sometime, the middle of the day or something. She, she said to me, when you die, you know what I'm going to put on your thing, your grave thing? I said, I have no idea. Hopefully it's something awesome. <laughs> she said, I'm going to put it right on there. A man who loved the Word of God the Father. That's something for my wife to have, know that about me. That's a good testimony. And it says right here, wash me thoroughly. Say it. I want to be washed from iniquity, from guilt. 
cleanse me. Say it. Make me holy pure. Say it. God, please purify me, O God, from sin. Say it. I am conscious of transgressions and I acknowledge them. My sin is ever before me. Say it. I want to escape it. Say it. I don't want to live in a life of regret. Say it. I want a life of purity, honesty, integrity. In the name of Jesus. Against you and you only. Say it. Say those words. You only, God, have I made problems. I've done evil. Say, I'm sorry. So that you justified in your sentence and faultless in your judgments. I believe, God, you have the best intentions for me. And I repent. Say it, please. Verse 6 says, Behold your desire, truth in the inner being. Say, I want truth. I want truth. Holy. Make me, therefore, to know wisdom in my most inner heart. In Jesus' name, God. Hallelujah. I need the wisdom of the Father. Holy. Holy. For five years in a row, I listened to and read uh, Proverbs through for five years straight. I can just about quote you all thirty, all 31 chapters all the way through in several languages. Say it. I want the wisdom. I want the wisdom. Torandava shata narede. Holy. Purify me. Say it out of your mouth. And I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Holy, holy, holy. I want new. I want fresh. Holy Ghost. Make me to hear joy and gladness and be satisfied. Verse 8. Say, God, I want to hear the joy of the Lord. I want to be it. Say it. I want gladness. I'm telling you, most of all, y'all, I want to be satisfied. When I wake up in the likeness of the Father, I, I want that. I want that. Holy Ghost. Hide your face from my sins. Please, Father, say it. Please. Blot out all my guilt and iniquities in Jesus' name. Create, verse 10, create in me a clean heart. Oh, God, please, Father. Renew a right, listen to what these words are, a right, persevering, 
steadfast spirit. God, I want a right spirit. I want a God spirit. I want to know how to persevere. I, I can do that. I am one diligent human being. I know how to stick it out. And I want more of it. I call on it for us in Jesus' name. I know how to stick it out in finances, in marriage, in children, in, in the work scenario, with, with working with in the ministry. My whole life in ministry, I've only had I've only I've only run three people off. And a lot more needed. But I try to not be that guy. I try to persevere with my relationships with people. You heard me this morning. I'm working with those drug people, the, the cartel bosses and the homosexuals. Everybody, I work with everybody. God, some of our, you, this is going to make you laugh, but uh, there was this area where we went in. It's all cartel and a whole bunch of people got saved. And so there's people up on the platform and people preaching and that. And then one day the, the police came, the, the, the SWAT people came in, like 200 of them. And they did a sweep through the area and cleaned it up. And, and we lost a whole bunch of our, our worship teams because they, <laughs> they was all wanted for murder. <laughs> and we lost them. <laughs> God, they in prison. Because I just don't have a problem of letting them get saved. No, they're not good guys. But I don't even know if I'm looking at one. Jesus is king. And and so when they got in prison, you know, I went, some of the guys went first. And uh, so uh, we started churches in all, all these prisons, right? Because all our people were in there. And so <laughs> it's, it's the wildest thing to start to get churches in prison. God wants them in there. So he rounds up our people and puts them in prison. And uh, so there they are, and all their families are out, and we're taking care of them, and they're all in there. It's complicated. But now, what's this? Now, because we, we're, the government has invited us into every prison. Okay. So we went in there, right? All these, I mean, these people are awful. Goodness, they just not good guys. That's why they in jail. All right, and so, but watch. So between 17 and 20 of them uh, that got born again in there, and part of our church is in these prisons, about 17 to 20 of them have the federal judges reassess their cases and commuted their sentences and so these guys leave prison now, go back home, and they, every one of them started churches. And every one of them were ex-cons. Ah! I don't want that. 
I want good people. But it's all right with me. I'll work with them. And you want to see the people getting saved. These guys are for real, buddy. It's scary. There ain't one place on them they don't have a tattoo. And they're rough. Uh, you think I'm rough? Uh, no. <laughs> them guys are rough. But, man, they ain't scared of nothing. And all these people's getting saved. All these churches are growing. It is so awesome, y'all. I don't know, know what to say to you. Isn't that something? I like my job. Can you tell? <laughs> I really do. All right. Look what this says. Created me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew. God, I ask you to renew a right, persevering, steadfast spirit within me. Verse 11, cast me not away from your presence. God, I ask you to bring me into your presence. I ask for the presence of the Lord. I call on the presence to come. Holy, holy, take not your Holy Spirit, God, please. God, I can't do it without the Holy Ghost in fire. I'm not even going to try. Look at verse 12. Restore to me the joy. Say joy. Come to me. Joy of salvation. There's some of you sitting here, you've been hurt so much and you've been at it so long, you just, you just dried up old mad prune. Dude, we need joy. I need. We need joy. We need renewing. We need to realize. We need to come to grips with. I'm lacking, and I need the joy of the Lord. I need that so much. I've got a bucket full. I want another bucket full. Y'all know Roland Baker, any of y'all? He and I, we get together, and all we do is have these things called firefights. Like, we was out in this bush thing one time, and, you know, and I got up first, thank you, God. And I'm noisy when I get up early. I think if you don't seek God, you're going to hell. That's what I think. <laughs> and so I get up, and I'm worshiping God and carrying on. Well, he comes out of his tent, you know, and he's all sleepy-eyed, and he's looking at me. And, you noisy, Hogan, he said. And he goes, fire! That thing hit me, knocked me through two tents. <laughs> Woke up all them people, and I get up, yeah, old man, fire on you. <laughs> there he goes, rolling in there, knocks over his tent, Miss Heidi's all up in there. Dude, she come out of there, and she's a little feisty, that lady. And me and Brother Roland are rolling all over that red dirt bed, fire, having a firefight at 6 o'clock in the morning. Joy. It's okay. It's all right. I'm going to tell you this. You ought to see what I can do. I can do anything. If it's got a motor, I can drive it. I'm a diver. I'm a pilot. Listen, I can do anything. You want to know why? Because I'm a favorite son. 
I'm serious. I'm up. I'm gonna tell you right now. God's pretty awesome. He lets me do everything. Dude, I just bought me a 890. What is that thing? What's the name of that thing? Huh? 890 KTM uh, Adventure something another something another. These boys talked me into it. <laughs> a 890 dirt bike. Do you understand? I'm 71 years old. And I just got on that dirt bike and went 1,000 miles, 1,600 kilometers. In like seven or eight days, me and 23 or 24 more kids, these guys. And the old man's out there, wah! Wah! Man, you need to learn your age. No, you need to learn yours, buddy. It's joy. It's the joy of the Lord where the strength is. I'm not fussing at you, but it's getting closer. I don't need you to be no stick in the mud. I need you to be full of the Holy Ghost and spreading the joy and mercy of God around. Come on now. Ain't nobody going to want your junk. I don't want your junk. I got my own junk. That's one problem I personally have never had. I'm not intimidated by you or anybody else or any devil. I just feel like I'm all right. And it's going to work out. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, come on now, we need this joy, come on now, we need to be renewed, rekindled, refired, come on now, please hear me, I'll tell you, I got myself touched, I messed around, and God walked in there and touched me, and I said, hello, I'm, how you doing, I'm alright, you alright, he said, "Him, yeah, boy, pow, he scared me pretty good, I guess. He's lots of fun. Holy Ghost, cast me not away from your presence. Don't take your spirit. Restore the joy of your salvation. Look look at this. Look at this verse 12. The end of that thing. It says, uphold me. Look, look. I am a blessed human. I have a willing spirit. I don't see the money. I don't see the time. I don't see the effort. There's people around me all the time. All they see is how awful it is from point A to point B. And they're just murmuring. And I'm just looking at them. What is wrong with you? Brother David, this is horrible. What is? got to go do this, this. That's awesome. <laughs> Willing spirit. Say it. Willing spirit. I want that. Say it. I'm very grateful. Brother Hink always sets up a whole bunch of stuff when I'm here. And I rarely even ask him what I'm doing. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It don't matter how big or little. Dude, get over it. It's okay. It's going to work out. The numbers will equate in a minute. I'm, I am one of the elders in the, one of the largest, I think it's the largest church in Mexico. 
And I, and when I get down there, I, all I see is opportunity for faith because there's 15, 20,000 folks there, and i got to touch every one of them. It's got to happen. So I'm stuck here for hours now because I want to. That's why. I'm not, I don't need to get out of work. I need to get into work. Why you think I got fire so I can spread it around? Willing spirit, say it. I want it, say it. Then will I teach, look at verse 13. Then will I teach transgressors your way. Say, I want to help people. I want to help failures. I want to help the, the poorest, dumbest. They just clods of dirt. They ain't got no sense. God gave even a billy goat. I tell you, some of these people are knuckleheads, man. But they need the gospel. They need me, a willing spirit, with joy. Say, I want that. Say it. Sinners shall be converted. Say it with me. Say it. Say it again. And I know every one of you, if I'd let you say something, I don't even want to hear you why, so I'm not going to let you. Every one of you say, man, why I work is hard and pray. Praise the Lord. So much atrocities and so much witchcraft. Praise God. What in the world are you up lifting up hell for? What's wrong with you? This is what I want you to do. I want you to convert sinners. Say, I will. And I'll do it willingly. And I'll do it with joy. This is Bible we're praying and reading. Do you hear me? It's easy. Do it. (laughs) Come on. But I do thank you for giving me a job. Some of you is hard. I'll tell you what, some of them rocks that we have to dig up out out of our farm. I have a farm. I'm a farmer. Some of them rocks, boy, you dang on there, it's so hard to dig up. I, I'm looking right at some of them. Golly. You just, man, I get my tractor hooked onto some of them rocks, and they, my tractor tries to flip over on me. Boy, you people are so hard to work with, I'll tell you what. Say it. I want the joy. Say it. I want a willing spirit. I don't want to be problematic. I want to convert sinners. I want to teach transgressors the ways of the Lord. Say, that's going to be me. It's going to be me. Say it. Because I'm getting me a renewed spirit. That's why. I'm getting the joy of your salvation. That's why. Holy Ghost. Shakaba. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. I, I'm not. Dude, when I look at you, I see enough, there's enough people in this room to win the whole planet to Jesus. We just got to be lit on fire, that's all. The right touch of fire, hell will burn. You understand me? 
I'm right about this. Man, we used to come home at night, all of our trucks would be full of bullet holes. And we'd all just be like, <laughs> They missed! <laughs> Sorry, shots. If I shoot you, I wouldn't miss. I'm a good shot. Say it. I want to convert sinners. I want to teach transgressors the ways of the Lord. Verse 14. Y'all okay, everybody? I told you I was coming after you. It says right here, it says, deliver me from blood guiltiness. See, what you don't want, it, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple of verses that speak of having blood of men on your hands. Say, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. I'm going to convert sinners. Say it. I'm going to teach transgressions the way of the Lord. Deliver me, God, from blood guiltiness and death, O God, the God of my salvation. My tongue shall sing aloud. Hallelujah! Of the righteousness of God. O Lord, my lips and my mouth will show forth praise. God, I praise you. You're worthy. I'm not ashamed of you at all. A couple of days ago, I was on this flight, my wife and my son, Luis, and, and, and uh, so I'm sitting in business up there. I've got so many miles, uh, they always put me in front. And so I'm sitting up there in this beautiful steward. She's a beautiful girl. She come there, she said, because I'm, where I was sitting, they have our names, you know. She said, Mr. Hogan. Ever since I saw you, I, I got to ask you a question. My wife's sitting right there. She said, can I ask you a question? I said, baby, that's all right. You're the age of my granddaughters. You can ask me anything you want to. It's all right. Now, I'm sitting in first up there, right? And this is where you got to act like them, right? <laughs> their, their attitude runs your life, Correct. I worked hard to get that seat. And ain't somebody else going to tell me how to live my life. Uh, you understand? <laughs> All right. Now, that girl says, the way you treat your wife, you, you love that lady, don't you? And I said, you noticed, huh? She said, all of us did. She said, she looked at my wife right in the face and said, how'd you get him to be like that? <laughs> she said, I didn't. Let him tell you how it went. I said, now, what do you want to know, girl? She said, I want to know how to make my marriage work and how to get into the age that y'all are. And, and y'all just petting on each other and loving each other 
right out here in the middle of all of us. I said, y'all ain't even here, lady. You don't exist until you intervene. I said, now, what do you want? She said, I don't want to know how you got to be like you are. I said, now, you remember you asked the question. She said, remember that? She said, I remember. I want to know. I want my marriage like this. I said, here's how it went. I was a bad guy. I was a gun toter. I'd have shot you as look at you. I was a mean human being. And the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm in front of with all these people that are snooty. Y'all know what they are. And I'm just preaching the gospel. I'm just looking at them. Just wanting them to say something. Yeah, come on. <laughs> and I'm just talking to this girl. And telling her how Jesus spoke to me on a plane. And how he saved me. He came and got me himself. Because he had a job for me. And part of that job is loving this woman right here. And loving that boy right there. And I do a good job at it. She said, I want that. I said, I know you do, baby. I know you do. And all of a sudden the captain called and she had to go. All right. And so in a minute, another one comes up there. Not her, another one. She said, now, my, my co-worker told me how you, we've all watched you, you how you love this woman. It's, it's amazing. We want that. We want that in ourselves, in our, in our marriages. I said, I know, I'm sorry that people are afraid to tell you, but I'm telling you, Jesus is king and he loves you, darling. If you'll submit to the great Holy Ghost and the fire of God, you can have anything you want. Which includes a good marriage, good family. I said, dude, you got, you're beautiful, you girls are beautiful, but that, you got eight years. And that stuff's gonna start fading on you. And that money, because your beauty starts fading, they gonna move you around and manipulate you. I said, now you need to get a handle on what I'm trying to say to you. You need Jesus, baby. And she just looked my wife right in the eyes. She said, how do you like this? Because Hogan just looked her right in the face. She said, it is the will of God for me. See, this is, what, this is normal life, going through life. You need to be that example. You need to be that willing spirit. You need to be that one with the joy. You need to be the one set apart from others. I didn't say a word to them. I just was taking care of Miss Hogan the way I do. And, and I do. And I got, you know, we got to get off. We was going to. We was going to Harlingen, wasn't we, Lee? And so I got, we got there to Harlingen. That was my last lap, our last leg of the journey. And them girls was up there, and, man, they was just oohing and odd. And the captain comes out, and I said, look, son, you, all you people need to get yourself born again. This, this, this pomp and pride that y'all have being captains and stewardesses and all that, that that's going to run out in about eight or ten years. And then you're going to find yourself empty. 
But I said, look at me. I'm 71 years old. I run marathons. I work in Mexico in one of the worst, hardest nations in the world. And I love it. And I go there with my whole family and I do it willingly. He said, they told me about you. <laughs> I said, they ought to. See, I need you to hear what I'm saying to you, okay? Y'all, we still got this. It, it ain't no stress. It ain't a job. It's a privilege. You see me, I ain't lost it. You see me, right? I've developed it. And people tell me, let's go on outreach. I'm always on outreach. <laughs> I don't go on outreach, son. I'm there. It don't matter which part of life I'm in. It don't matter the difficulty level, the highness of it. Because uh, I'm always in five-star, five-diamond hotels, and everybody stops it. Every, every, every elevator, every... It, it's just annoying I can't even go to my room because I have to preach. <laughs> it's true. This thing is real, y'all. Just traips around the planet with the mercy of God in your hand and in your mouth. If you will, put that... To, are you J.P. still? Is he J.P.? Huh? Stanley? Oh, so you, JP? JP's gone? Never was JP. Oh. Okay, so you, Stanley. Okay, Mr. Stanley. Would you put that girl. Oh. Thank you, sir. See, these people that does all this work. They push all the buttons and make things smooth, but nobody ever recognizes I do. You don't know why? Because I was a preacher's son my whole life, and I was the guy who picked up y'all's foolish cigarette butts. <laughs> Had to clean up them toilet paper. For some reason, you can't throw it in the toilet. I don't know how you can't hit the thing. <laughs> And we never get recognized. Bless you, son. Holy Ghost. That was my first job. Janitor at my daddy's church. They paid me $1 a month. And I was happy to get it. So, I need you to look at this girl. What do you see? You see me? Normal me. See me? Look just like I do here. Except that little girl in my arms. You don't know what, what that is. She is an Amish girl. I'm in, she's ex-Amish, and I'm in, where I'm standing is in Virginia, in the United States, and they're all ex-Amish, and we work together. I work with them people. We've got seven churches with the Amish, Mennonites. Ex-Amish. Okay, well, what happened was her mama, because this girl got, uh, what's the name of that cancer? Uh, leukemia, leukemia. Uh, she got leukemia, 
and she was right there. She's 15, uh, but when she was 12 when they brought her to me. They brought her into a meeting similar to this, and they laid her down on the thing by the stuff. And, and the mama said to me, my baby's dying. There's no cure. She's stage four, and she's going to die. I said, excuse me, man, this is, a, this is an Amish lady, and they, they don't interact with other men, especially non-Amish, and I'm non-Amish. And so, so she, the lady just walked straight up to me, which is I was, I, I went and got my wife and put my wife, I was hiding behind my wife. Because it's against the rules, son. I know the rules. You don't break protocol. You hear me? I don't care what your background is. You do not break protocol. All right. And so I brought my wife over there. And I said, talk to this woman for me. And that lady said, I'm talking to you. I said, dude, you're going to get us in trouble. She said, I don't care. Then neither do I. If you can take it, I can take it. So she said, my baby's dying. Uh, leukemia. I said, we, we don't go to the doctor, but we carried her and found out this stuff's advanced and she's going to die within the next few days. So, all right. Now, you go sit down, Mom. It's my turn now. So I pick that girl up, 12 year old, pretty heavy, but she, she wasn't up to bones, fortunately. I just started walking around that church with her. Now, this is an Amish girl, and I got her in my hands. Now, you understand the ooh and an ah that's going on, right? Because it's illegal. It's illegal. But I, I'm going to say one thing to you. Get out of my face. That's all I'm going to say at one time. Because this baby here ain't going under the power of no religious nothing. What's going to happen is the great Holy Ghost and fire is going to burn hell out of her. Because leukemia is a devil. And so I'm walking around with her. Finally, I got tired. Went and laid her back down where her mama put her. And so they let me preach. And so I'm up there. And every time I walk by her, I just touch her. Jesus. Keep on going. Keep on preaching. Every time I go by her. And then at the end of what we was doing, mama comes, gathered her up. Mama picked her up. Never said a word. Just left. All right. That's her right there. And so what happened was, it was about, I won't say it was a week or week, maybe five days, after the prayer session thing, uh, all of a sudden the family is awakened by a smell of a, of a meal. And they go in there in the kitchen, and baby's up cooking an Amish breakfast. And they said, what are you doing? She said, well, I was laying in there, and the, this glowing fella came in. See, y'all don't understand what I'm dealing with. God likes the way we do stuff and he sends these glowing, I don't know if it's Jesus or angels. I don't know. Don't care. I don't give a flip. I do give a flip that they keep coming. And, and all y'all want you know, put names and make an eye, build a statue to it. What you? (laughs) 
We don't need no more idols. There's plenty. And they come in there, the mama goes in there and finds her baby up. And she said, what is it, baby? She said, Mama, I woke up. The glowing man touched me. And I feel hungry. So I made y'all some, too. And, and that's the first time I saw her, which was three years. That's the first time I saw her. Uh, I was up there, and, and they said, hey, the, the girl that got healed of leukemia is here. I said, no way. Where's she at? And she come up there. You see her? She's, she, we love each other. She's a blessing. And she's totally healed of leukemia. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I want that for you. Okay? I really need you. I don't see me as special. I just don't. I see me as ordinary. The people, my my wife, you know what the number one question is asked to my wife? How you put up with that joker? How you deal with that guy? And my wife says to everybody, she'll tell you, right up, that, that guy's normal. He's a normal Christian. And that's what I try to be. Because it doesn't matter to me, y'all. What the name of the sickness is, how long you've had it, what it's done to you, what it's destroyed you, crippled you. That's not my problem. I have another problem. It's called renewing, restoration, healing, deliverance. That's my problem. And I'd really like it. We're going to do something. I don't care what we do. You figure it out. (laughs) So they ain't going to change the outcome. Isn't that weird? I ain't jumping through your hoops nobody else. But I will follow the Holy Ghost in the fire with a willing spirit. And I will convert sinners. I can't tell y'all how you spread over that stuff. Try, fight, struggle to get people saved. It was just, I don't know. This just got lost somewhere. I don't know where, but it's lost, and I'm not going to look for it again. Now it's a joy to walk through the planet, and people ask it. I'm talking about everywhere I go, restaurants, churches. It doesn't matter. They come, and they say, what in the world is wrong with you? And I remind them, now you remember, you don't want to ask the question. And so I commence to telling them, you see. And then people start getting healed. There ain't nothing left. We've healed every known disease, everything. Every body part has been recreated. One guy had this leprosy. Both his legs was eat off mid-thigh. We prayed for that guy for a solid month, and he grew new legs. New legs. Amazing, huh? Baby born without eyes. We laid our hands upon that baby and God created new eyes in that baby. That's nice. 
So, what do you want to do, sir? Yeah, JD, Maurice, can you guys come forward? Uh, Frank, can we remove the table? Oh, Cody, thank you so much. Yeah, well, I just want to invite you guys forward. If you just want a fresh touch from the Lord, a willing spirit, let's come forward. Uh, maybe we can just move this first row out of the way. Ministry team, you can just quickly help with that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.